Often when it comes to putting a message together and I sit and I contemplate or there's something that's been brewing for, I don't know, a, a long period of time, I, I find myself just in a moment with God where I'm saying, God, there's so much in your word. You're so massive that we could talk about this and we could speak about that. We could draw on this scripture or we could draw on that scripture. I think, man, we just, we want to have something that we focus on. I don't want to throw spaghetti at the wall. I don't want to just bring a shotgun to church. Not that just, you know what I mean. <laughs> that would be terrible. And like a scattergun effect. We want to alight. We want to land on what it is that you're saying to us in the season that you're saying it. And I was, um, I was blessed when uh, Evan actually said, hey, what do you think about this idea of doing another series and preacher. I'm like, yeah, great. But I don't know what it is. <laughs> so it's what about limitless, right? What about this idea that God is limitless? And I'm like, man, that is so good. So we're going to talk about this this morning. I'm, I'm quite excited by that. Um, I love the tagline on, on, on this, God exceeding expectations since forever, right? Like Levi's established in 19, I don't know, 32, whatever. Like, ah, in your face, right? This guy's been around since forever. He's been exceeding expectations since forever, right? Like, like there's no limit to his goodness. He is limitless in all of his ways. I just, I, I love that about him. You know, I, I truly believe this, that as Christians, as believers, as sons and daughters of God, that we should be the biggest people on the planet. Right, like, and obviously that's not just a, a physical kind of statement, but a bigness that that expresses itself through generosity, through power, through grace, through love, through kindness, through capacity and ability and vision in the faith that we carry. People should be inspired when they're around us. Because of who our daddy is, because of what he's given us access to, there's a limitless resource that we get to tap into as believers. I, I, and I think often we, we, we learn to live within the confines of what we know. We, we, we learn to live within the limitations that we speak over ourselves. But when we understand in a revelatory way, that he's given us access to something in and of him that is an unlimited resource, an unlimited supply. We start to live life, I don't know, in a whole other way. There's a, there's a bigness about what we step into, about what we carry. There's a, there's a largeness about what we have access to in him. And that's why I love scriptures like 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 20. It says, for no matter how many 
promises God has made. They are yes in Christ, right? They're yes in Jesus. Like, man, that is amazing, right? Like, like that statement by itself is mind-bogglingly good. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Like all of his promises, like we, and we read about them in his word. He speaks them to us. He, he, he prophesies them over us. He, he, he's speaking to, them, uh, to us about them all the time. We read them again and again and again. No matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes in Jesus. Like, man, that's fantastic. But then he takes it a step further and says, and so through him, through Jesus, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Yes, amazing. And so through him, we then speak the amen to the glory of God. Right? Like, I, I've spoken on this before, but I just felt like we needed to start off with this this morning. Because God's waiting for us to say so be it to what he's already said yes to. Oftentimes you'll find that in prayer, right? Or, or, or whatever you want to call it, where we're asking God for things like, God, can I have this? And God, what about that? And Lord, I need a breakthrough in this area. And, 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 and God, I've got this going on in my world. And, 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 and God, I just need some boldness and some confidence. And, 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 and God, I want to step out in, 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 in an evangelistic way. God, what, I, I need more of this and I need more of that. So no, no, I've already given you every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. All of my promises that I've already spoken concerning to you are yes. You don't need to pray for more of them. You don't need to ask for the fulfillment of them. You are the fulfillment of them. We are the fulfillment of God's promises by saying amen. So be it to what he's already said yes to. By walking in agreement with the promises that he's already spoken over our lives, we step into the unlimited nature of what it is that he has for us. We start to experience the limitlessness of who he is. What about this one? Ephesians 3.20, another well-known passage of Scripture. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Again, right? If we camp there, if we put a full stop in that passage of Scripture, we would go, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm discombobulated by his goodness. I'm, I'm confused by his grace. It's so immense. It's so enormous. No, He's able to do immeasurably more than we ask. God, can you do this? I can do immeasurably more. God, can you do that? I can do immeasurably more, right? Like, like, and we ask for little sometimes. We think we're asking for big, but in God's economy, I think we ask too small sometimes. He's limitless, right? Not only does he say, I can do immeasurably more than you ask, like, because what we allow to come out of our mouths isn't always what we allow ourselves to imagine, is it? Sometimes we carry a bigger dream than we give expression to. He can do immeasurably more than we can imagine. I don't know. Does that sound good to anyone this morning? Yeah, right? Like, oh my gosh, he can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. I think, and, and if we put a full stop there, we're like, man, God is so good. Oh my gosh. But again, it goes on and says, but it's according to his power that's at work within us. 
no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, we speak. We speak the amen to the glory of God. He's waiting for us to come into agreement with what he's already said yes to. We get to speak that. He can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. But it's according to his power that's at work within us. We think, God, you can do immeasurably more than I can ask or imagine. You're, you're amazing. Look, you put the universe in place. You put the stars in the sky. You name them. You know them each by name. You're, you can do immeasurably more. But it's according to his power that is at work within us. Right? We, 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 we think, God, you do, you are, you're awesome, you're, you're this and, and you're that, and you're like, you're like Superman on steroids times infinity. But it's according to your power that's at work within us. Come on, don't, don't, don't limit who you are. Don't put limitations where God has said it's limitless, right? I, I, I don't like to say this next scripture. Because it gets me, right? I'm like, well, God, your word says that whatsoever things I ask for in prayer believing, I would receive them. Yet, who's asked for things in prayer and has not received them? So far as we know, right? But God, if you're limitless, how come I'm limited in the answer that I get to prayer? But God, you can do more than I can ask or imagine. We can't allow our experience to, 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 to dictate what our theology is. The, the theology of the Word of God is that no matter what I can ask or imagine, God will do exceedingly more. My experience is that some of the things that I've asked for, I've not yet seen fulfillment of. Go, oh, God, some of the things that I ask for, you can do a little bit more than I ask. Right? We, we, we can't afford to do that as believers. As sons and daughters, we're called to live in a realm of, I don't know, God's goodness and an expression of his kingdom that is limitless. And that's a challenge for us to continue to pursue because it's a mystery, right? Like, how come I don't see this? And if your word says that, how come I don't see this? Well, I don't know. I'm just some dummy strapped to a microphone. He's God, right? He's the one who has all the answers. Why don't you spend some time with him? Say, God, you've given me this dream. You've given me this hope. You've given me this, this desire. You've caused this thing to get attached to my imagination, and it's running wild, and I don't know what to do with it, and I'm not seeing it happen. But your word says that you will do immeasurably more than I ask or imagine according to your power that's at work within me. So how do I get this power? to manifest into my world in a limitless capacity. I think that's a good moment to say amen. You know, I love what Bill Johnson says in regards specifically to this passage of Scripture in Ephesians 3.20. When he's commenting on it, and I, I, I remember the first time I read the book that he wrote called uh, Supernatural Power of a Transformed Mind. It, it took my breath away. It, 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 confirmed a whole bunch of stuff for me. It, it challenged me, but it also lifted me. 
And I remember in, re- in regards to the scripture about it, now to him who was able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. He says this, like, man, we, like, wow. His promises by nature challenge our intellect and our expectation. I love that. That's a very succinct way of saying, oh, my gosh, God, you're awesome, right? Of course, his promises by nature challenge our intellect because he's God and our expectations because he can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Whatever. The next few weeks, we're going we're gonna to continue to talk about this idea of limitless, right? God exceeding expectations since forever. That is such a good tagline. There's two things I want to touch on this morning in regards to that. And the first one is this, is, is the faith factor, right? I, we're going to let faith lead us out of limitation. There's a great story in Genesis 12 uh, from verse 1 through 4 where God is for the first time calling Abraham, or whom we better know as Abraham, but he's not yet known as Abraham, so it's Abraham. It says, the Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Like, oh my gosh, that's a big deal. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. So here's Abraham at 75 years of age. He's been living in the place that he's been living for Sounds like a long time. He's quite used to his surroundings. He's familiar with his family. Probably enjoying life. And God comes and says, hey, uh, after 75 years, I want you to get up and get, it, get out of this place, right? Like, like leave it all behind. Wow. I, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm quite comfortable here. I, I, I'm, I'm familiar with my surroundings and, 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 it feels strange to get up and go somewhere else. Like, like, like I've got possessions here. I've got friends. I've got, I've got family. I, I've got things in place that are supportive for my life. I, I don't know if I want to leave. Yes. But I'm just trying to imagine what state of mind would we be in, right? Says, said to Abraham, Get up and go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. Abraham was being called by God to step into the fulfillment of his promises concerning him. I love this, that that, that statement. Go to the land that I will show you. He doesn't know where he's going. The, the, The journey doesn't even have a destination at this point. It's not, no, it's not like, oh, God, well, 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 how good is it going to be when I get there? What's it going to look like? What friends am I going to have? What family am I going to have? Uh, how much riches? What's, what's the blessing that's in place on the other side of my obedience? If, if, if I charge out in faith, where are we going to end up together? He doesn't even tell him. In fact, in Hebrews 11, the great chapter on faith in verse 8 says it this way. By faith, 
Abraham went, Abraham went called to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Like, how smart is that decision? I'm going to go on a journey to a place that I don't even know the ultimate destination of. But by faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. By faith, Abraham stepped out on a journey when he wasn't even sure of the destination. I wonder how many times we've settled for safe when God's been calling us to faith. Because we're afraid of the unknown. I'm I'm the same, right? Like, oh my gosh, I'll go somewhere if I know, right? Like, or if I go on an adventure in the wilderness, I'd like to take normally a friend with me because I'm like, well, what happens if I get there and I don't like it or it's too hard or or, or there's something to climb and I need some help or I hurt myself. I want to go with a friend. But sometimes God calls us away from all of the things that we are familiar with to begin or to, 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 to continue in a journey of faith to a destination that he will show us. You know, the Israelites after... 400 years of slavery, or I think 430 years in total, were called out into the same promise that God gave Abraham. But they were afraid to step out. The Hebrew, I find it interesting that the Hebrew word for Egypt, it sounds something like Mitzrayim. I'm not sure if that's how you, it's probably an inflection of phlegm in there somewhere, Mitzrayim. Uh, probably is much closer to the original pronunciation. I don't know. I don't speak Hebrew at all. But, but the word Mitzrayim, the, 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 the name that the Hebrews had for the country of Egypt literally meant a narrow or a tight place, a place of confinement, a place of constricted opportunity, a place of control, ultimately a place of limitation. And God was wanting to lead the Israelite nation out of limitation after 400 years. And they were afraid to go. Right? It took Moses and these number of miracles. Oh, my gosh. Okay, maybe, maybe God's for us, right? Like he's completely decimated Egypt. <laughs> maybe we should go with him. Good choice. But it can be hard to step out into the familiar out of the familiar into the unknown. I mean, what, what if it's different? <laughs> oh my gosh, what if it's different? Well, exactly. It's, it, it's going to be different. The journey of faith will take us to places that we would never choose to explore on our own. To hear the voice and to choose to follow is, I think, like the ultimate goal of being a follower of Jesus. Jesus, what are you saying? Oh, okay, uh, I'm coming too. Right? Like, remember Peter when, when, he, when, when he saw Jesus walking on the water? He said, oh, man, what do I do? What do I do? Jesus walking on water. Uh, uh, hey, Jesus, I, I want to do what you're doing. Don't, don't just walk by. Invite me to come. Invite me to do the miraculous. Invite me to step out on the water because what you do, you say that we can do. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss the opportunity. God, I want to hear your invitation. What are you saying to me? In this, get out of the boat. Oh my gosh, but that's going to be unfamiliar. That's going to be uncomfortable. That's going to be a place of uh, where, where angels fear to tread kind of deal. 
But if you invite me, if we hear his voice and step out in faith, that's when the limits come off. For the Israelites, I, I, I think that slavery had its own appeal, its own type of freedom. That's why I think from time to time, when you read through their story throughout the, the first few books of the Bible, when they're spending 40 years in the wilderness, that, that every now and then they start to complain and say to Moses, why did you bring us out into the desert so that we would die? We want to go back to Egypt. We want to go back. We remember the leeks and the onions, right? Like, well, what about the torment and the torture? No, no. This is pretty terrible right now. I want to go back to where there's leeks and onions. Even during their first week of freedom, they made that complaint. Because when you're living in the confines of slavery, when you're living within the parameters that someone else has enforced in your world. There's a freedom from responsibility. There's a freedom from having to set goals. There's a freedom from having to build for the future. Oh, no, no. It's all right. Someone else is doing it. The government will look after it. I love the government, by the way, and we're called to pray for them all the time, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love you, Jacinda. <laughs> It's, it's faith that leads us out of limitation. And faith is not the result of our efforts. The Israelites were laboring hard when they were in captivity. They were working so hard. It's not about striving to believe because both grace and faith are the gifts of God. You know, I think faith is the evidence of our surrender and, and, and our being able to trust in God was evidenced by our surrender and being able to trust in God. You know, if we go back to the story of Abraham, I was just trying to see the time back there. It's scary. Uh, <laughs> dance moves. There's a side, a side note, a side note. There's an ancient Chinese proverb. Um, that, that says, those who hear not the music think that the dancers are mad. Because you, you imagine it, right, from a distance, you can't hear the sound, and people are, woo! Like it looks crazy, right? But those who don't hear the invitation, those who don't understand faith, those who don't hear the call, those who are living in confines that are too small, think that those who step out into a journey where a destination is unknown are mad. We're the dancers in that Chinese proverb, right? We're the ones who hear the sound, who hear the invitation, who hear the call, who hear the music, and we're invited to step out into something. About 10 years into Abraham's journey, he's sitting in his tent one night. God turns up and starts to have a conversation with him. And, and Abraham, he's re reaffirming his promise to Abraham. And Abraham says, but how, God? How am I going to see what you're saying I'm going to see? 
I don't even have a son of my own flesh and blood. In fact, my servant, Eliezer, is going to be the one who inherits all of my possessions. Because your promise hasn't come to pass. And God says to Abraham, come, come outside, right? You're, 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 you're living in the confines of your tent. You're, you're, you're surrounded by the familiar. You've got your favorite carpet and your best cushions that you're reclining on. You've got your favorite goblet or sheep's horn or whatever it was that they were drinking out of, right? You've, you, you've got all the best stuff around you. You're, you're, you're familiar in this place. You, you've, you've made your home here. This, this is your tent. This is, this is, this is, this is your dwelling place. Right, and we understand it's not a tent like a pup tent. It's, it's, it's actually their home. But God says, no, no, I, I need to take you out of your place of comfort. And, and, you know, I don't like necessarily agree with the statement that we hear often in Christian circles. Come on, get out of your comfort zone, right? Like kick up the seat of the pants and get out and do something for Jesus. Well, yes, there's an element to it of that. When we step out of familiar into the unfamiliar, it can be a little bit discomfort, just uncomfortable, discomfortable. Both of those things probably make sense, really. That's an uncomfortable thing to say. But it's because he's wanting to increase our area of comfort, right? He's not wanting us to live an uncomfortable life in Christian. I don't believe that anyway, where it's continuously more and more uncomfortable. Oh, you're comfortable? Get out. Get out, you useless. Get out and do something, you silly believer. Come on, get uncomfortable. Come on, do something else. No, no. He's wanting to increase our area of comfort so that we can operate with a grace and a confidence and a boldness in every area that he's calling us. This is my place of comfort. My food is to do the will of the one who sent me. Right? Like, 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 like I got to consume. He's inviting me into this. I'm going to consume this. I'm going to, this is food for my soul. He gets Abraham outside. He says, look up at the sky. You're not encased by your tent. Look at the sky and tell me if you can count the stars. For so shall your descendants be. It says that Abraham believed God and it's credited to him as righteousness. What kind of faith does it take to believe for descendants as many as the stars in the sky? No wonder he's called the father of faith. Faith leads us out of limitation and obedience steps us over the line. I want to I talk a little bit about obedience. Because I think that disobedience introduces limitations into our world. When we say no to something that God is calling us into, we're, effect, we're effectively saying, no, no, God, I'm, I'm, I'm happy living within the confines of my own abilities. I know that you're the one who can do immeasurably more than I can ask or imagine. I know that all your promises are yes in Christ Jesus, and, 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 and I get to speak the amen to the glory of God. But, but actually, I'm, I'm, I'm happy without that. I'm, I'm, I'm happy in my own limitations. I'm happy just, you, you want me to, what? Well, no, I won't do that. I won't change that. I'm going to live here. I'm going to stay where I'm comfortable. 
again, Hebrews 11 and verse 8, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he when called to a place that he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went. Even though he did not know where he's going, he obeyed and went. He didn't embark on the journey. If he didn't embark on the journey, he wouldn't have become the father of faith. Obedience. Oh. It's an odd term, right? Like we think we say obedience and we think obey. And it sounds, in my mind, it sounds harsh and it sounds heavy. Obedience means I have to obey. That's what happens inside of me. Like when someone tells you, you have to do that that way. You have to obey. I don't want to do what you're telling me. Like there's a rebellion, right, going on. But there's a rebellion in our flesh against the things of the Spirit. I want to do that supernatural stuff. The mind, the natural mind, is at enmity, is at war with the things of the Spirit. That's where disobedience comes from. I don't want to do naturally what you're supernaturally calling me to do because it makes no sense. And it makes me uncomfortable. And it's not familiar. And I don't, yeah. Like that happens to us all the time. But a spirit longs for. A spirit demands. A spirit says, yes. Whilst their flesh is saying, no. Like, like I, it's probably wrong to say, but sometimes we've got Gollum living inside of us. Yes. No, no. And it's, but it's, it's not that. That's, that's kind of a great illustration, but it's actually a wrong illustration. That says, God, whatever you say goes. Whatever you want, I'll, 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 I'll do. Your, your invitation is already a yes. I want to finish with this story out of Second Kings in chapter 4. Oh, you want to turn there with me? I just want to read through this this morning. I... I, I it's the story of the widow, widow, widow's oil. It says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Like, this is the only way she had of paying the debt that was obviously left when her husband died, and whether it was forever or until the year of Jubilee. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of oil. Can you throw me that bottle of water, please? That's at your feet. Amen. I've got nothing except this small jar of oil. Elijah said, go around and ask all of your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Don't be limited in your... In, it's, Often when we ask for things, we, we, we ask in a limited sense. I think I'll ask to this level because if I ask for more, then it might seem like too much and I'll be greedy or um, they'll, they'll, they'll think something about me. When it's God that's inviting us to do something that disguises the limit, I mean, he may put parameters around. I'm not saying that he's got no rules and regulations. He, he, he is a God of order and structure as well. But in God, it's, if, we, if we could just 
allow ourselves to believe that it's a yes. When we see throughout the New Testament how the apostles operated, right? Like, like, like Paul going to all the world and preaching, well, I'm just going to go everywhere and preach the gospel. And I'm going to continue to try and go into, into Macedonia or into Asia Minor and again and again and again, but, but I can't get in there. Until he heard God say, no, not right now. He went, oh, okay. I'll go and, there's something, I'll go and do this over here. But it was a yes all the time for him. A big yes. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Don't just do a little ask. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour the oil into jars as each jar is filled. Put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. Bring me another. Uh, That's Thor, by the way. Uh, (laughs) But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go and sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. You know, in her disobedience, she would never have experienced the bigness of God. She would never have experienced the God who has been hashtag exceeding expectations since forever. She only had a limited amount of oil. But when God is your supply, little can become limitless. You imagine what was taking place in their home as they got all the jars in. And her and her sons, they've gone, no one else is around. They've shut the door. They've gone, well, we only did it because... The prophet, the man of God, said we should. Now we're in this room with all these jars. There's this little thing of oil. Like, really? Really? Like, nah. Maybe one of the sons said to the mother, but, but mom, at least try pouring, right? Right? Like, imagine their amazement at the first time the big jar was filled and the little container wasn't even empty. Oh my God, how did that happen? Get, get me another jar! Oh my gosh! I can't, it's, it's amazing! God is amazing! He's limitless! Right? Like, there's this joy, there's this amazement, there's this, oh my gosh, and it moves from that to, man, just get another one. Bring me another. Get, get me another jar. Like, oh my gosh, it's never going to run out. We've, we've, we've cracked the code. We've, we've stepped into a revelation. It's never going to run dry. Oh, we're out, of, we're out of containers. Bring me another. Oh, we're out. Oh, well, then it stopped flowing. I think God only stops pouring when we are unwilling to receive. I think that God stops pouring. I think God is unable to pour when we operate in disobedience. No matter what he says, no matter how small or how big, no matter how crazy or how kind. It's our obedience that determines what the result is going to be. It's our faith that compels us to action, but it's our obedience that gets us over the line. I'm going to invite the musos to come back up this morning, please.
Let's see if we've cracked the code. Maybe. <laughs> We're going to close this morning.